what's going on guys welcome on into second and short in our brand new fantasy show the cheap seats now as usual i am tyler lauder but i am now joined to second and short's own fantasy expert jason teasley jason how are you doing my man welcome to the family uh thank you thank you thank you uh doing good doing good um glad i'm i'm brought into the family i mean you know doing so many podcasts on my own network and then you know, hooking up with you, being brought into the second short family, uh, definitely an honor. So glad to be here. Glad to get this this up and running. We've talked about it for a while. So we're going to dive into this, get some uh, great fantasy football insights and stuff, and keep the brand expanding as always. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead um, and tell people that aren't familiar with your work, like where you are coming from in the podcast world. All right, well, I find, I got my start uh, on the Rattledger Broadcasting Network some seven years ago, uh, where I actually done a show called The Cheap Seats that uh, me and my good friend Jesse Starcher uh, started. Um, it was just basically an overall sports thing. We did some did some outrageous things like uh, doing a live um, NFL draft uh, recap that lasted all of about three hours before I passed out. Uh, since then, uh, I hooked up with Sean uh, Garmer at the W2M Network, where I currently reside, and I'm actually currently one of the uh, the quote-unquote chairman, because I'm actually part owner of the network now. Uh, came on as a panelist for the current NFL podcast I do there, uh, called The Kickoff with Harry Brawhurst, Kennedy Eddings, and Eric Watkins uh, from that. <laughs> kind of branched out uh, to my own hosting abilities on the uh, network with Black Irish, where me and Eric talk about just about anything that is uh, very politically incorrect. Uh, and we just take a, a hard look at, you know, society from our different various backgrounds. Then, you know, just by, just by luck and, you know, opportunity, you know, me and you ended up in a fantasy league together and, a couple of the guys I'm in the other league with uh, was like, you know, you two would be great to do a fantasy. They was actually in the league with you already and said, you know, you two, based on your insights and everything, you two should actually do a podcast together because of all of the knowledge that you guys can bring everybody. And, you know, me and you started kicking the ball around and I was lucky enough to be brought into the family. And here we are. And here we are. And that's that's the thing. So let's kind of talk about what this show is. So essentially. It's second and short, but it's second and short fantasy. Now we've done fantasy here before, and but it's only from my perspective. And the idea here is that we're going to give 100% unbiased takes to kind of help. It's not necessarily to help you win your fantasy league or help you, you know, do the best at drafting or this or there, but we're going to help provide clarity. That's, I think, the best thing that we can do and talk about. And we can kind of say some fits here and there. And uh, every week we're going to bring brand new topics and everything, and we'll go through the season as well. But Right now, it, we are in the middle of the infamous Scott Fish Bowl. You know, the Scott Fish Bowl 11, I believe it is this year. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Scott Fish Bowl, and you can kind of correct me on this, Jason, uh, it's essentially it's a, one of the biggest organized fantasy football run leagues every year, and it's through charity. And that's the best part. Yeah, it's, um, this is actually my first year competing in it. But Scott Fishball is like a massive fantasy football community. I mean, it is actually an honor to actually get into the actual league. 
Uh, I got, I'm in a satellite league, but the actual league has all walks of life from social media to fans, to celebrities, every walk of life that's in fantasy football covets a invitation to the Scott fish, uh, fishbowl. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing here about the Scott fishbowl is, uh, just basic right now, there's a 1,920 teams, 160 different divisions, all of 12 teams. Um, you, there's 22 rounds in this draft. You start 11 total players with four of those being flexes. Uh, it's a deep bench. There's no defense, no trading allowed. You get $100 blind bidding uh, waivers, and it's, it's, a, it's a best ball draft. But, I mean, it's, it's for a good cause. The community keeps growing every year, and it's not going to stop. Like, you know, and, and, yeah, really, the only way you get in this league is you literally have to sign up and get accepted in. That's, there you go. That's the, kind of the criteria. So let's go ahead. We've told everybody what the Scott Fishbowl is. Uh, let's go in and talk about your draft, which is live right now. Uh, you just had a draft pick uh, in the 13th round, I believe. Uh, but let's kind of talk about your team so far and how you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're currently, uh, my last pick was 13-4. Was I was drafting from the ninth spot. Uh, my team right now, uh, I went a different route than most people. Um, you know, I'm going kind of, you know, if I see a run starting, uh, I'll kind of hop on the back end of it or catch the middle of it, you know, kind of fill it out. Uh, I went best player available first round with uh, when I took Kamara. Uh, got him at uh, one nine. Then uh, kind of noticed the trend because you can start. It is kind of a super flex best ball. And I seen the run on the first round of quarterbacks. There was like six or seven taken in the first first 12 picks so i was able to snag uh russell wilson at the two four which i was really happy uh and then this is one of my bet uh then you know things started kind of working out you see strategies of different teams uh kind of work out and that's typically what you see the first two rounds kind of set up how you need to set your uh strategy in this league and i got one of my i feel it's one of my best value picks uh, at the three, four, when I got Devonte Adams, uh, yes, it's high risk, high, ri high risk, uh, with the, uh, Aaron Rodgers controversy, but I mean, him falling to three, four, because in this, you got the, the third round, you get a flip. Uh, so <clears throat> for one round, instead of me drafting, so the second and fourth, second and third, I, I was at the four position and then I go back to the ninth position which is really cool because that that kind of evens things out, and it's a really cool concept that I've never experienced before. So grab, be able to grab Devontae Adams in the third round was was a heaven sent. Uh, and, I mean, that shores up more, uh, a big three. I mean, that gives me a RB1, Russell Wilson. You know, for the first eight weeks, he's going to be a, uh, in that MVP talk after yep. week eight. After week eight, then we'll 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 see some decline, uh, and then taking arguably the the second best wide receiver, which is debatable between him and Tyreek, uh, depending on everything. But I kind of I kind of put them one A one B, and they're interchangeable in that position. But getting him at the third is like is amazing. Uh, of course, another so quarterback run. Oh, so, uh, Han, I, I want to jump in real quick. Let's talk, talk about 
your first three picks and the significance of your three picks. So uh, more clarity on this and everything, Scott Fishbowl runs super flex availability is an option there, which I believe is why the quarterback run go heavy. But yeah, talk about your decision to not go quarterback in the first round when you saw those guys getting drafted and to kind of go running back. Like wh- why should people, if you're in the back of the first, why should people get that top tier running back instead of jumping on a run that early? Well, this is where I feel. Uh, I mean, I think I think when you see a run, it's going to peter out. It's going to you're going to see that that value steeply drop off. Uh, I had Wilson at my my bottom of that first tier. Uh, a lot of people that I've had below Wilson went ahead of him, and I, it was basically you know you got to gamble. But being able to secure that, like in my case, being able to secure Kamara at the nine. You're not only going, you're going to get the half PPR receiving, the first down bonuses, the, because that's, they'd have first down bonuses in uh, the fishbowl. You're going to see the, um, the rushing yards, the receiving yards. You're going to get the total package with the, with the uh, back like Kamara. That's why I kind of held off because you want to, you want to get a really good anchor there. And then once you see that quarterback run, make sure that you grab one in the second, especially when you got that that quick turnaround. That's why I went, you know, I was I was targeting Wilson. I had uh, that was my second round pick all along, unless you know a major quarterback run went ahead. But you're you're seeing you'll see people that get so blindsided by uh, a super flex. They they. And I'm I'm one of the people that I'm not a super flex guy, but you see people get that tunnel vision in super flex, and they'll they'll go they'll chase a quarterback rather than taking uh, a receiver or running back. That yeah, they might not put up amazing points, but this format you get penalized for interceptions and incompletions. So that that running back is going to basically give you more stability through the season that you can rely on than reaching for a quarterback during a run. Yeah. And I mean, in one of my big leagues that I got going on right now, I'm in the middle of a startup draft as well. Uh, we saw Trevor Lawrence go in the first round of a super flex. And we're seeing, we're just seeing guys that like shouldn't just go because they're quarterback. And this is going to be controversy before we keep going on your, your draft that we got going on. I am one of those people in a super flex that do not believe that you have to go quarterback right away. I understand the positional like dominance that they have over all their positions, how much they score. But if I'm not locking up one of the top three guys, I'm okay getting tier two, tier three in the second and third round. But yeah, establishing yourself with Kamara, a guy that's going to potentially have the chance to finish as the best running back in the draft. And probably even on an okay season, still finishes top 10 no matter what. I think it's a safe pick. Now, biggest value, Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't know what it is about people. He's falling in some startups for Dynasty 2 as well. People are getting pushed away because he's 28, but that to me, that's still young. Even without Aaron Rodgers, let's say he gets traded, I still think Devontae Adams can finish as a top 10 wide receiver just on sheer volume. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if you look at that team, outside of him, 
you've got you've got a a really good slot receiver, a possession receiver, not going to be able to stretch the field. Uh, you've got a emerging tight end that is not going to be a downfield threat. So you, I mean, you got nobody to really kind of vulture a lot of volume from him. I mean, he's going to be the primary target in the receiving game. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, is gives you a solid ground attack, especially with A.J. Dillon back there, and you're going to see that one-two punch that keeps defenses honest, that opens up. And I'm sorry, you get uh, Devontae in open space, he could take it any at any time. Uh, he's got that, he's got a quick uh, first step who cares if he's 28? I mean, look at some of the look at some of the receivers in the league that are, you know, in that range. I mean, you're still going to get the productivity. And seeing him fall to me in that at that three four in this was like, I mean, wow. Uh, this is so. Uh, this is. I won't go down here. So this is before the three the three picks before him on the turn. We had. Tannehill, which, you know, Brady and Rodgers. That was the three picks before it got to me. Then you see people start panicking. You see Najee Harris going 3-5, which I think is an extreme reach. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be that good. Then you see another quarterback. Then you see a run on um, wide receivers. You see a Michael Tom. You see Michael Thomas go. Justin Jefferson. These are after I grabbed Devontae because, you know, you start seeing that people start seeing that. Well, there's there needs to be a run here on wide receivers because of the sheer talent available. Um, and yeah, we we are seeing in a lot of leagues I've seen, um, especially when they're like super flex and everything like that, PPR, that we are seeing wide receivers kind of fall. For the past like five, six years, it seems like we've always had like two or three receivers jump into like the back of the first round, early second is when you get your guy. Um, every year we see that one guy that's like, take Michael Thomas top five, take Hopkins top five. That's not around right now. But yeah, I mean, we, you see panic. That's the biggest thing. Now, there's a reason why you don't panic and just dive in and quarterback because you get value like you did at nine. You got Alvin Kamara, who if it wasn't super flex would probably be drafted three or four or five overall. Then you get somebody like Devonte Adams who falls, who should be a late first, early second in a non super flex. But here's the thing. You didn't panic. And on top of Russell Wilson, you came in with two good starting quarterbacks and we're only like, I don't know, like 60% through your draft and your quarterbacks are set. Yeah. Because at the four, nine, I actually four, nine, I'm sitting there. I, I'm going back and forth, and I, I see Baker Mayfield sitting there, and I'm like, you know, I've got Wilson. Baker's a really good uh, value. I think he's going to be a a surprise this year. He's getting OBJ back. You know, Landry. I mean, they've got probably the best running back tandem in the NFL currently uh, with Chubb and um, Hunt. So, I mean, that's going to take that off there. So I, I think that grabbing Baker at nine because you started seeing like do I put Baker above Tannehill? Yes, Tannehill's underrated. Don't get me wrong, Tannehill is underrated, especially Adam Julio. Uh, this and I think that's the guy thought that 
that took Tannehill jumped on that hype train. Is Tannehill going to put up huge numbers? No, he's going to be consistent, but he's not going to he's not going to win or uh, win or lose you a fantasy league. Um, so yeah, so I hopped on that. I, I got that. I, I locked that sec QB down. I think uh, a Wilson Mayfield pairing will benefit me drastically. I mean, you look at the schedules. Uh, the NFC West is brutal. I think it's probably the the best division, but you got to look at the outside. You don't look at the division. You look at the outside division. Uh, that's where you're going to get a lot of your your sheer volume and your your basically your stats uh, because division rivalries they're going to be tough no matter who they are. I mean, look at look at my my NFC least last year. I mean, it was inside the division. It was anybody's game every week. You had some tough games. So then uh, at the 5-4, I was able to get my RB2, which I think I think is pretty pretty solid. I was able to get Chris Carson, um, which I liked. Uh, he was probably the best running back available right there. Uh, going down to the sixth round, was able to get another uh, volume wide receiver uh, in Robert Woods. I think with the quarterback change there, that's going to open that entire offense up. Uh, I think he's going to be on that that um, borderline upper echelon tier two uh, level of wide receivers. Uh, it's going to, he's going to be kind of a boomer bust. Uh, I think he's not going to be like he he doesn't need to be your main focal point in a, in a league, but. You know, having him on my wide receiver too, I I come out good. Now this is where I kind of fall off is my next pick uh, in the seventh. Big tight end run. I had a lot of tight ends that I wanted to go in the sixth that you know that went uh, you know some value went there, but I feel good. I got Goddard uh, to be my tight end one. Love the pick. I think once the Earth's rumors die down and he moves on, which is inevitable. Uh, I think that that's, it's just a matter of where he's going to go in the right, the right um, situation to get him out of Philly uh, is what, what needs to fall in place. We're all, we're all in the fantasy world waiting for that other shoe to drop. Uh, yes. And just, just a quick tidbit on that. If you can buy Zach Ertz on the cheap, do so because he's got the talent. He just d- didn't have the confidence uh, in Philadelphia. I mean, if, if he gets traded to somewhere like Buffalo, like he instantly moves up back and he's going to do well. Even, even at, even at his age, he could still have a top 10 tight end season. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, he's rumored. He's some rumors are attaching him to Buffalo. Some are attaching him to, um, you know, reuniting in Indianapolis Wentz. Uh, and then, you know, he's even been rumored to go to Carolina. I think Carolina would not be a bad fit uh, because Darnold is not a huge arm. So he checks down a lot and, and Carolina has McCaffrey. So you've got, you've got that short tight end game that can work really good for him. Uh, so, so let's, let's talk about, 
like when you're watching these drafts and like we've done a couple drafts so far this year you have done some startups we've run our rookie drafts but like right now let's got fishbowl what is the biggest surprise in your draft that like you saw a pick and you were just like whoa like let's go ahead let's get some receipts let's call some you have to call it their name but let's kind of call out somebody's pick right now oh let's see here i i had one marked um one one i'm going to call out uh the 211 pick that happened in my draft uh it's a sophomore uh running back um that very underperformed his rookie season and i seen him go ahead and get chop and that's uh clyde hilaire uh i think that was a reach uh taking him at 211 uh i think people took a lot of these thinking this was a dynasty draft uh if you gave me the pick between Nick Chubb and Clyde Hilaire, I want to take Chubb every day, all day. Uh, so who, who who are some of the running backs besides Nick Chubb that went after Clyde Edwards Hilaire? So we can get some uh, more clarity on this. Najee Harris, uh, Eckler, Mixon, uh, Antonio Gibson, and uh, the and Swift was and Dobbins. That's the six running backs. That's the six running backs that went after him uh, between uh, 211 and four. Because there was a, um, I went down to Dobbins and 412. So, so in that two rounds, those are the running backs that went, that Hilaire went up in front of. The biggest names that stand out there for me are, are guys like Nick Chubb, who, I think is like it's it's he's like a safe thousand, like a really safe. It's a lock for me. Um, yeah. Austin Eckler, who is a safe all-purpose, fifteen hundred yards. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, same thing. Who is going to take another step forward? There's no and Mark Ingram's not there. Like I know they still have Guess Edwards, who's going to get a good amount of carries, and you know Lamar runs enough. But I think I think we could have three running backs counting Lamar. Uh, a quarterback in Baltimore finished with 800 plus rushing yards on top of his receiving ability. Uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, here's the thing: we were kind of talking before the show, and you you don't know if he's going to be the guy and everything there. But l- let's be real about this: the Lions don't have anybody. Like, there's no reason that Swift couldn't get 80 catches on the year as well as get 800 yards rushing. Oh yeah, that's it up. yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, you've got him and Jamal Williams. I mean, I think Jamal Williams will will end higher fantasy point wise, but yards wise and stuff, I, I would go Swift. The reason why I took Jamal Williams, uh, and I think he's going to be more fantasy relevant in Detroit is you have no receivers, none, zero. The the Lions, and this is funny because the Lions went from a team that. You could almost guarantee every every year they're going to take a, a wide receiver to a team this year that didn't even – they let their two main wide receivers walk and never address the, the gaping hole when they're bringing golf in. It's like they're setting golf up to fail. With they kind of waited until like – they waited until like the fourth round is like they did. Like they let the first three rounds pass them in a pretty good wide receiving class yeah. until they got Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. Yeah, I mean, um, and I, I don't think that I don't think that they, I think they brought him in 
thinking he's going to be a wide receiver one and he's going to be this this physical need. He's not. He He's a great receiver. He did great college, but he's not that stretch of the field. He's that underneath guy like the um, a good comparison I, I see in him is like a Wes Welker utility player that is going to catch a lot of balls and he can break break one every so often but he's going to be pretty much a possession receiver. He's going to move the chains, yeah. but he's, he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, stretch the field. Yeah. And I, but coming back to where we're at and everything. So let's kind of Uh I, I kind of agree with you. I think that a lot of people are drafting him based on having this dynasty mindset. And I feel like this is a really hard thing for people to separate. And that is like redrafts versus dynasty versus NFL. Like everybody kind of just blends it all together and associates one by one by one. The Chiefs are not a team that's going to run the ball a lot. And even in the backfield, pass catching, Clutter Rosalier has value there. They're still going to throw. He's still, at best, he's the fourth option. At best. Because Tyreek Hill, that's the number two guy. Kelsey is the number one guy. And then McCall Hardman's supposed to take another step up as well. And don't forget, they just signed Jarek McKinnon to be the backup running back, who's also a pass catcher. And so who's going to get that, you know, those, those, those time on third down? Clyde Edwards-Hiller has the draft capital over Jarek McKinnon, but still, you don't know. Like, that's my thing. So I agree with you. Well, I mean, and you look, you have Antonio Gibson and Joe Mixon both going after him. I think both of the, I mean, I'm not a Mixon fan, but because he's cost me two fantasy championships due to injury, uh, so that's that's personal. Uh, but I mean, Mixon is not a slouch. He's still he's still fairly young for the for a running back. He puts a he's that offense got better. Burrow's going to be back. That receiving core is young and very fast. Uh, now, do they have the line to let him throw the ball? still debatable uh but mixon is you, you they moved on from geo so that gives volume to mixon so by a volume comparison mixon's going to take a little bit step forward like you said i've got a really good friend who is a diehard chiefs fan and me and him talk about we was talking about this and he was like you know i would stay far far away from clyde hilaire because we're not a running team. We're not. He's not going to be a thousand-yard rusher because Mahomes is going to sling the ball all over the field. He's going to create plays. Hilaire is there for to keep defenses honest, so yeah. Mahomes can can sling the ball. And that's I think that's the the biggest difference and why I said that he was a reach because I, I look. Will he get eight hundred yards? Yeah, I, I don't think he's. I don't think 800 yards is out of the question, especially with the extra game this year. But I see a lot more volume and value at running backs that came after him uh, than, I mean, you know, we, reaching, reaching up and getting him that, that early. We just have to be honest, though, because like, like Joe Mixon, with how young and I think potentially good that receiving core can be, teams aren't going to be stacking the box seven, eight too often because... I believe the Bengals are going to run three wide like 
70 percent of the time like i truly they're going to run three wide a lot and they have no reason not to which is going to leave joe mixon in situations where if he can get a little bit better blocking than they had last year which they should because they they put some work in uh the off season a little bit not as much as we'd want them to to protect joe burrow but they still put in some work and uh somebody like Najee harris even though drafting a rookie running back is something that can potentially be very risky especially with pittsburgh steelers having a depleted offensive line a quarterback that is a hit away from retirement then again he's gonna get volume like he's gonna get 240 touches and you know that's what's gonna happen and somebody like antonio gibson has proved more to me as a running back than clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well that I, I i don't see why washington wouldn't run the ball like 450 to 500 times this year like they're gonna run the ball a lot and joe mixon 24 years old 24 years old he it's not older. like yeah it, 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 that's what i was gonna <laughs> say you know me and you are, are big on fantasy joe mixon feels like he's been in the league eight nine years he's going into his fifth year 24 years old um and i mean is and i mean with geo gone i i see all purpose 1500 yards i'm gonna say 1500 yards around the eight nine touchdown range you're not going to see that out of flair that's if he's, if he's healthy if mixon can remain yeah. healthy <laughs> well that that is the that is the the biggest question uh mark when you see mixon is if he can remain healthy i mean hilaire you you're not going to get that volume i'm sorry you're you're going to get i'm i'm predicting maybe around the 800 yard range maybe 250 you know maybe a thousand all-purpose you're not going to see the touchdown volume though uh you're going to get inside there you're going to see you know inside the red zone kelsey's going to be the guy i mean mm -hmm. you, you're a big body uh or mahomes mahomes uh has the leg work that if he's pressured you know, we've seen in the Super Bowl, he can run for his life if he needs to. Uh, so, I mean, he and that's something that he needs to step up. He needs to stop, stop sitting back in the pocket. He needs to be able to create. He, he's capable of. We've seen him be able to create plays with his legs, but we need to see it transition to on-field. Uh, we've seen him be elusive, but he, he's, he likes to run east-west instead of uh, progressing and waiting for plays to develop <laughs> if he takes that step up to keeps keep those linebackers honest he's going to that offense is going to be be dangerous and you're going to see Clyde Hilaire take even further step back so let's go ahead and talk about where you are currently at in your draft and what pick you guys are at and let's talk about the five best players available um we can just go kind of just based on adp and kind of go like if we're this next let's just talk about the person who's on the clock and we're going to kind of go with a pick that we would make that we think would be the best value pick right there all right let me pull everything up um the the best value pick right now i mean is somebody that i actually mean you was talking about earlier uh that i have kind of stashed away as a pre-draft selection and i think it's henry ruggs uh right now the 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 top 10 available players adp uh Taysom hill henry ruggs cole beasley jamal williams mccall hartman 
McKessie, Mac Jones, Daryl Henderson, and Cole Komet. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of a shooting, you know, blind, blind bit, but, you know, but also you've got somebody like T.Y. Hilton sitting there that's a little bit further down. Uh, you got, I think, um, you know, let's see here. Uh, Austin Hooper at a tight end. I mean, that's that's going to be, I think, that he takes a step up this year. For me personally, based on the list that you gave off, I think McCole Hardman is the obvious pick here just because the Scott Fishbowl is a best ball. So getting guys that could be huge booms for you, you, you don't care if they're bust because if they're bust, you're just going to get your other guy. It doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about, oh, I started a guy like, like back in the day, like Deshaun Jackson, like, oh man, I started him and he got me like 40 points this week and he got me two the next week. You don't got to worry about that. So having somebody like McCall Hardman, who is going to be the Chiefs number two, uh, he takes pretty much, he's going to take all the targets that Sammy Watkins had, and he's going to keep all that he has. And I think that he has an opportunity here to like be one of those guys that we see be these like statistical anomalies where like he has like, I don't know, like 70 catches, 800 yards, but he has like 11 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the one that stands out to me is, uh, you know, I definitely uh, in this format, uh, Hartman, but I was uh, scrolling down through here a little bit. And Cohen is, is sitting there. Uh, I, I'm a big David Montgomery fan. I, I try to I try to gobble him up and make trades to get him in and everything. But I think that people kind of get that. They, they don't look at it from the broader perspective. You can't, he's not an every down back. He's, you know, you got to give him a break. Cohen in that offense, especially with the quarterback change, Andy Dalton's not going to be the starter. He's a placeholder. By midseason, we're going to see the switch. Uh, yeah. And when you, once you see that switch, you're going to see that offense definitely go more of the pass catching route out of the backfield where you're going to see the volume of Cohen, uh, if healthy, jump up tremendously. David Montgomery is not a receiving running back. He is a, he is a ground to pound running back. He's not going to catch you a lot of balls. He'll catch a few, but he's not going to be a receiving threat out of the backfield. Cohen is, and Cohen has that little bit of elusiveness to get around the corner and pick you up you know, those five, six yards or, you know, catch a block and, you know, get to that second level of a defense and into that secondary and could break one at any time. And and that's what a good thing about having this best ball format is, is that possibility. And that's what I like about it is week in, week out, you don't have to set a lineup. You don't have to stress over setting a lineup. And you have those you have those guys that could be boom or bust. Uh, this is a format for boom, especially. You you can gamble on people, like you said, and see where where teams uh, where something may shake out. And a good per- a good person at it is Hollywood Brown. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a every week plug in player, but in a best ball format, he he might catch one. And he is so fast, he's going to break one. He's going to get behind a defender, and Lamar is actually going to be able to get the ball to him. And 
there's there's going to be a, a five to seven yard separation between him and any DB, and you're going to get rack up points like crazy for that. No, hundred percent, and that's and that's the biggest thing here. I feel like once you've got like your guys that if you were creating a starting lineup, once that's set. All I want are the guys that are going to either get lots of volume in the receiving game, uh, guys that are going to vulture touchdowns, guys that are going to potentially break off a 75-yard reception for a touchdown. Like, that's the target that you hit everywhere. Um, so let's kind of, yeah, let's just, let's just kind of move on with this. So Scott Fishbowl is still going on. Unfortunately, we were, I was really hoping that we could have had you make a pick live on the show. Yes. But that's okay. So Scott Fishbowl is there. So what we're going to do, Scott Fishbowl should, by the time next week's episode comes on out, we should have everything kind of done. We can kind of see if anything else fell your way uh, that you're surprised in these late rounds. But next week, we're going to kind of cover uh, the, the mythical or the, 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 I don't even know, the word, uh, the, the paraphrase, the breakdown, the abbreviation, literally best player available. What it means like like average draft position, we're going to break down all that stuff. That's where we're going to go next week and kind of give some more clarity on these guys. And if we think that the value is true based on the average draft position and if they would be the best player available at that spot. And that's what we're going to go over next week's show. Uh, before we kind of push our way out and everything, is there anything else you want to drop and touch on, Jason, from this fantasy uh, aspect? Uh, no, I mean, uh, just I just want to touch on the the value pick that I got at twelve nine and, and Devin Singletary. Um, I think uh, Zach Moss went way higher than him, uh, but I, I, th I think that that was a good value pick for me. Now, from the fantasy aspect, uh, always remember trust your gut. Uh, nope, you can you can get insight, which I do often. I I hit up people. Well, you know, this is where I'm at. This is what you know. How do you feel about this player? Don't get tunnel vision, but always, uh, at the end of the day, trust your gut. Because I would rather say, well, I listened to this person. I got this insight. Because, like me, I, I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to be able to give you insight on a Giants player and how I feel about that because that's the team I follow. So, if you're on the fence about somebody that's sitting there and you're like, if you know a fan of that team, Reach out to them. Be like, "Hey, look, I've got I've got this person available. What do you think?" And you're going to get honest, brutally honest. You're not going to get biased. Uh, I think that's something that in the fantasy football world we fall into. We get we we see a bias in players, um, and it's like, well, uh, and you get and this is something you see, we're going to break down next week. You see that ADP. Uh, you see that uh, you see best player available, and you're like, uh, well. This person's right here. It, this is what it says. You need to get out of that mentality because rankings is an algorithm. You could, and one person can totally mess up that algorithm by reaching for them. Uh, and that's something you got to do. Like I said, first and foremost, trust your gut. Go with what you feel that you want to build your team. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's, in my case, puts the money on the line for that team. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you there. And that's kind of going to do it for us here on Second and Shorts Fantasy Show, The Cheap Seats. 
Uh, be sure to check us out. This show's going to come out every Thursday is the, the, the plan. Thursday morning, we're going to drop this for you guys. Kind of give you guys some things that way when the season kind of starts, you guys can have that something to look forward to Thursday. Get your weekend ready. Get yourself right for the week so that way you can have clarity. Simple as that. And be sure to check us out on Twitter, second and short, Instagram, second and short. We are on TikTok dropping daily content. Going over them right now, my season predictions for each team in the NFL. Some of you guys will like it. Some of you guys will hate it. Mainly because if I'm dogging on some teams. And right now what I'm finding out from fans is every team is going to go 17 and 0. Uh, there's, there's no realism <laughs> from a lot of fans. Um, but yeah, and then also be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, this podcast here specifically, though, is going to be audio only. Uh, and we're not going to have video and everything. We might have a couple clips here and there. But it's going to be available to you on you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can listen to audio, we will be there. Yeah, and uh, you can also check me out on Twitter at uh, W2M Chairman. Uh, definitely, I, that's where all my fantasy football stuff goes. I post up, you know, uh, people send me trade advice, uh, wanting to get trade evaluations. I always post polls up there. I've got a really good fantasy football community that, you know, I interact with on Twitter. A lot of good people to follow on there. So if you see, if you hit me up, uh, definitely check out the people that I, I include in my tweets when I'm getting trade advice. Definitely good fantasy football community that I've built uh, some good relationships with. So, yeah, I'd also you can check me out uh, on the W2M network uh, at W2M.net um, for our our football podcast uh, that's going to be doing the kickoff that comes back in about three weeks when we start doing our season breakdown, starting with the AFC. Uh, we're going team by team. Uh, we got a lot of good fans over there. We got two Buffalo fans and a Jacks fan. I'm the only NFC guy in on the show. So it's kind of fun there, but yeah, definitely hit me up with any fantasy football questions or, you know, just a, shoot the breeze get get some insight i'm a you know i won't give you any anything that i don't believe in my heart i'll give you a very unbiased opinion if you're hitting me up uh slide into those dms send me a tweet out and i'll be more than happy to talk fancy football most definitely all right well thank you guys for listening to second and short uh if you guys want to get some more analysis based on just real life nfl Every Monday, we'll be dropping a brand new episode from just our NFL Second and Short podcast as well. Uh, my name is Tyler Lauder, joined with Second and Short's fantasy expert, Jason Teasley. And that is it for us, guys. We will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.